podcasting from my sex writing cave, where all the smut happens in real life, in my head, or on paper, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smutlancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode four. This week, Andrew and Pixie of Kinkcraft join me to discuss the content they publish on their site, working with writers, and why writers should be paid for their work. Spoiler alert, yes, they're accepting pitches, and yes, they pay. This is your first time listening. Glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer podcast is produced every week, and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at thesmutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by Blueberry, a podcasting hosting solution that makes podcasting affordable and easy. If you're thinking of creating audio content and want a hosting service and plugin that integrates with your website and offers great analytics, check out Blueberry. I use Blueberry for this podcast and the Loving BDSM podcast, and it's easy, affordable, and has great tech support. Use the code Kayla Lords, all one word, to get one month free to try it out. Again, that's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com, and use code Kayla Lords for one month free. Okay, well, here with me today for the first Smutlancer interview ever are the amazing and wonderful Andrew and Pixie from Kinkcraft. Hi, y'all. Hello. So glad to have you guys here. How are you doing? Yeah, we're pretty good. Yeah, we're good. Thank you for inviting us, yeah. especially to the very first one. So I know, I know. Well, I have I've worked with you guys for a while now, and I always have a good time with you. And I personally like you as human beings, and so that seemed perfect. Slightly <laughs> insane, and we make you laugh, and you get that's like always kind of toys. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. So I know why I like you and why I consider you guys friends. But for the for the listening audience who might not be familiar with you yet, and they should absolutely become familiar with you after this podcast is over, um, can you sort of tell everybody who you are, what you do, what your thing is, what kink craft is, and all that good stuff? Oh, Andrew, you're the best one at describing oh, thanks, this. Thanks for that. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the <laughs> That's okay. Don't swear. Um, so what do we do? We uh, we make we allow people to make their own kinky toys, and sort of so it's grown from there. So initially we started making people make their own kinky toys. They can learn how to make them via videos and everything, and then it became much more content based. And now we've got a podcast, and we do two podcasts a week, and we have an article. Two po- oh, yeah, yeah, we do have two podcasts. Yeah, there's a week. two podcasts. Yeah. You're right. And um, and we go to things like Eroticon and other bits and pieces like that and just spread the love, really. So the, on the content, so of course, this is the Smutlancer podcast and everybody listening is like, oh, they said content. Yep. They said podcast. Right. It's so like I know the subjects. So I'm trying to get in there. <laughs> what sort of brought you to that point because I know a lot of, of companies and sites that create a product and sell a product or a service and content is sort of on the back burner what what makes content such a big part of what you guys do why is that for you uh, so initially it came down to the community yeah I in the very early days of Kentcraft we were lucky enough to kind of get an invite to one of the uh, eroticons 
that ran over here, which is, the, of course, the erotic writers uh, convention that they have here. And that kind of opened our eyes up to uh, a lot of kind of amazing writers that are out there and what they were doing. And from that, we sort of, we looked at being able to support that community, but also as a way of promoting the business. Well, yeah, so following on from that, it was a case of how can we get kink craft in front of more people? Because you can't just advertise at people. That's never going to work. So it came down to, well, if we create content, if we have a reason for people to come and pay attention to us, maybe yeah. they'll stick around and do other things. And so it's, it's become a fairly standard approach now, but that's why we did it, and we've just carried it on, really. Mm. And we kind of um, we, we made the choice not to make it all purely focused around our own product, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. We wanted it more kind of... I always say educational, fun, or enlightening. Enlightening. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen the side benefit though that the with the content you have and the the writers you work with that it has helped your business? Has it done for you what it's sort of supposed to do on on that side of things? I think it certainly brought an awareness of us to people who previously didn't know know we existed because the content will lead them to the website and while there they'll have a look and go oh okay so you do this and you do that um so i think content is definitely a useful marketing tool very much so oh absolutely no doubt uh, so many people have said oh, i found you because i read your article on this or i listened to your podcast about that and then i saw you did other things and, and, so, and really, the podcast came out of the content, the written yeah, content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my favorite thing about what you guys do. Now, full disclosure for the audience, I I do write for you on occasion. So it's, yeah. you know, I, it's a little self-serving. I, we have a lot of I love, people who write for us. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're you're sort of a uh, roster of writers is, is pretty, um, pretty broad. It's, it's kind of cool. But what I have always loved um, since I discovered you were doing it is that you'll take the article and you create an entire podcast around it so that it's a, a deeper conversation. Sometimes you interview people. I know that you've interviewed um, uh, Molly Moore and others. And sometimes it's just you guys talking about it. And that to me has been the most fascinating when I write an article for you. And I know it's been published. I look for that podcast because I'm thinking, I want to know what they have to say about it. I know I want to know what other thoughts it brings up for them. And actually that's even inspired some of my own writing because it's like getting another um, viewpoint into um, this thing that I wrote, this point that I was trying to get across. And then I get to see somebody else's perspective. And I think, Ooh, that's very interesting. That, that might, you know, give me something else to write about or something else to think about. Or, you know, it's very rare. You get to hear what people think about a topic you've written on. You write it, you put it out there, you move on to the next thing. But this is like a, it's a really interesting uh, approach to it. And I personally, I love it. I mean, it's not just for my own article. <laughs> But for other people's too. You can well that you can uh, credit or blame Andrew for whichever way you want to go with it. I I, I was being entirely lazy when I came up with the idea. Yeah, but you've always you've always been into podcasting. Yeah, I I've always been into podcast. I love podcasting, and this isn't necessarily about podcasting, so I'm not going to bore you with no. the details. 
But we had all this amazing content already, and it was a case yeah. of it's a shame not to talk about it. Well, we, we found that the article would come in and we'd read it and then we'd end up having this lengthy discussion on it. And it was kind of like, why don't we just record this? We do this every week anyway. We we get the article, we talk about it, because there's lots of things that come up that we don't know anything about. They're new to us, they're new ideas, they're new ways of looking at things. And it's really interesting, and we're interested in people and the dynamic with people, no matter what that dynamic is. Uh, so we kind of thought, well, why don't we just do a podcast as well? Mm. Um and we kind of went, okay. I said, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll give it a try. And that's almost two, almost two years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. I did not realize it had been going on that long. Oh, I never, I'm so awful. I find a podcast, I don't ever go back and listen to the early stuff. But ever since I realized you were doing it, I'm like, where's, where's my Kinkcraft podcast this <laughs> week? I'm, I'm, I am ready for it. And you know, it's what's funny for the audience who hasn't listened to it yet, if you haven't, and you totally should, and I will link to it in the show notes page. Um, it's not just a conversation on the article, though. There are sections <laughs> and s- sometimes it's like a good half of the episode are rants. <laughs> that, that's Andrew, not yep. me. Yeah, I, I, know. I know, but now, 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 Pixie, I have heard him get you riled up. Yeah. I have heard him get you so spun up you, that it's like, oh, he oh, knows so what somebody... buttons to push to get me to, <laughs> and he'll do it on purpose because he will purposefully not mention some of what he's he's going to bring up on the podcast. <laughs> go, oh, and there was this thing in the news, and then I'll go, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Because he knows that it will get a reaction. so And it's a very honest reaction. That's the best part. Yeah, I kind of look at it and, and some might say I'm opinionated, but they're my opinions only. And I you know, believe everybody has their own opinion. But, yeah, okay, I have some strong opinions. <laughs> and, and I will voice them, just as I would to anybody's face. So, But if we, if we bring this back to why writing. do you have content yeah. and, and having writing – if it, it only makes sense if you have a bit of content created to try and get as much use of that out as possible. Yeah. Just just because someone's written it down for you, that doesn't mean you can't then reuse it for something else. So I mean, I've read plenty of people who talk about for every idea they have, they'll try and get six to eight pieces of content out of it. And content mm-hmm. isn't just written words. It could be podcasts. It could be photos for yeah, Instagram. Images. It could be all sorts of things. Absolutely. That is that is um, something that I have I've read a lot too, and I'm personally trying to incorporate. It is, um, it's fascinating to do. It's sometimes hard to do. It's sometimes it leads you down completely different paths than where you thought you would go with it. It's a, and it's amazing who you can touch when they might not read your blog post, but they'll see an image on Instagram, or they might not know you have a blog, but they happen to follow you on Twitter, and so they see something. It's it's sort of um, amazing to me how one small piece of content and in, in perspective, small piece of content can touch so many people in so many different ways, as long as you use it um, for more than its original intent. I think it's a bit of a shame not to use it for more than just its original intent, because uh, you know, I know like the pieces you've written for us and quite a few of the other pieces they you know, we've had got some brilliant stuff that people have written for us. 
and it seems a shame for it not to go out there even further mm-hmm. because it's good. It's it's good quality writing as well as on good topics and as well as it does help promote our business. You know, well, I'll, I'll be very blatant in that. Yeah, this, this is it. It's what, what's the content for? What's the content for any business? As, as, as long as you're not writing the wording to go on something that's on sale, it's a case of you're trying to get to the customer who, who will ultimately buy your thing. You're not going to be able to do that by advertising at them, which means you've got to tell them something that they're going to find interesting. So you've got to, you've, and then, especially with something like podcasting, you've got an opportunity to make it more personal and, and to expand on the ideas and throw it around a bit. So, yeah, use it as much as you possibly can. Advice from Pixie and Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Damn good advice, actually. Okay, so you, you've you mentioned it now, and I know some of the listeners are like, okay, I'm here because I'm a writer. Let's talk about the writing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm also trying to uh, – that's my super secret plan that I've totally just let slip now. I want the world to do more podcasting because yeah. there's value there, too. It's um, <laughs> into the first interview and you've let it slip. That's, that's – okay. <laughs> I know. I'm clearly awful at secrets. Um <laughs> But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the cat in amongst the pigeons there, because like Andrew is an avid podcaster, I'm not so much so. Andrew will listen to lots and lots of podcasts. I will listen to only a couple that really draw my attention. I much prefer the written word. And I think that that's that's true of a lot of people. I am. Depending on what the topic is, I prefer to read certain things, mm. um, personal stories, erotica, anything with sex. I would really prefer to read. I don't really like to listen to it out loud. Um, and then when it's information, my the stuff I follow for politics or um, I like to listen to some um, history kind of podcasts and, and educational podcasts. Well, I would prefer to listen to those. It can get very – it's very dry to read a lot of that stuff. True. Um, but, you know, I think that um, the thing for anybody who creates content to realize is that um, while one way of, of doing it, whether it's writing or podcasting, will reach one audience, when you expand into a different medium, you will absolutely reach people that were never going to read your work, but they'll listen to it. Or they were never going to listen to your work, but they'll read it. Absolutely. And so it's a... We've definitely it's a, found that. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I... I I personally still have people who are shocked that I have a blog, but they know me from a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. actually, no, I'm a writer. <laughs> the thing is, if you're a writer, wh- why are you out on the internet? There's only, there's only really two reasons to be on the internet publishing your stuff. One, just because you want to publish it and you don't, you don't care about an audience, you just want to say it, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And the other, you want to get yourself an audience. Now, it seems a shame to write something and then not videotape it and take the audio from it because you've just created three completely separate sources for one article and you're own and you're just not using them. I agree completely. I agree completely. Um, because most of our listeners are writers, let's talk about your content. So I have lots of questions about <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> what is there a particular type of content you're looking for when you when you are approached by a writer or you talk to somebody you think oh i'd love to have them on our um 
offer content for us? Is there a type of content you're looking at? Is it all kinky? Is it just sexual in general? Is is there a certain slant? What what is it that you're looking for? It it tends to focus around kink and sexuality. So I guess anything that's kind of lifestyle related around that, and the and the best way of putting it to would be to say, you know, we have covered topics from going to a munch for the first time through to like article that you wrote for us about you know, is BDSM in all black leather um, <laughs> through to rape play, what it is and what it isn't, Yep. through to... Through to Turing's Law Turing's and what law. that means to gay people in the UK. Oh, wow. So it's quite a wide variety. Anything that touches on sex and sexuality, I suppose, and personal relationships. Yeah, or somewhere we think gives education on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it always, yeah, it's always around sex and sexuality in some yeah. fashion, but maybe not always necessarily directly about sex. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the political, more political ones we've had or some of the more legal slanted ones have been really fascinating. Hmm. Um, we did one, had one obviously, you know, for those who can't pick up my accent, being from New Zealand, we had an article that somebody um, pitched to us about the differences in the sex workers' laws between the New Zealand model and the Swedish model, I think it was. Yep. Uh, which was fascinating, absolutely fascinating personally for me because it's coming from New Zealand. Um, but, again, it was around sort of sex work, so we found our audience really enjoyed being able to read that. And we've had interviews with cam girls. Yeah. We've had uh, what it's like to be a sex writer. Yeah. That wasn't actually you writing that one, which you probably should have been. Um, Even what it's like, what's what's it like a day in the life of a sex toy reviewer? Yep. Yeah, so all sorts of stuff. So there's a definite theme, but we're not hard and fast, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Definitely. Do you um, accept sort of the cold email pitches? Like if it's a, a writer you've never heard of before, you've never read their stuff, but if they pitch you, um, is it something that you will consider? Yeah. So anybody who's ever been interested to writing for us, just, you know, they generally let us know. Um, we will then tend to have a look at their style of writing and whether we think it, it will you tend to have a look. <laughs> Investigate thoroughly is what she really means. What he really means is Pixie will go off and have a good look <laughs> and check them out. That's okay, I'll be not I'll be blatant here. Generally I'll go and have a look, check them out, look at the quality of the work. Do I think it's gonna fit in, in with our audience? Um and then we'll go from there. Does it grab your attention? Yeah. Are there spelling mistakes all over it? I'm quite difficult. It's If something doesn't grab my attention, it's probably not going to grab somebody else's. So, you know, I I like a lot of different styles of writing. But something that is full of spelling mistakes will put me off because I've got to stop and I've got to read it all again by correcting it in my head. Hmm. Um, but we have a we've got quite a variety of people who have written for us and do write for us who have quite a variety of styles as well. But, yeah, we've taken cold pitches plenty. We've yeah. had them just come in through the website um, as well as going to things like Eroticon and people coming up to us there and saying, I'd love to write for you. Even some people at Eroticon said, I'd love to write for you and then never come back to yeah. us. 
<laughs> I think that's one of the things that seems some people are almost afraid to approach a company to say, I've got an idea for an article, would you be interested? It's almost the fear, I don't know if it's the fear of rejection for the writer or quite what it is, but from a company perspective, we like that. We like someone to approach us because what we have to do is we have to sit down and we have to try and work out, okay, what topics are we going to cover? What kind of articles are we going to have in that? What are the articles that we're thinking we want written? We've got to think of this and come up with all these titles, whereas somebody coming to us and saying, I've got an idea for an article, here's an outline of it, and that outline needs to only be, you know, a couple of sentences to a paragraph. Is this something you might be interested in? It's like you're taking away a lot of the work that I've got to do, so that's a benefit to me. So that's a positive. So, you know, someone who pitches like that, I tend to look at quite favourably. And then I'll go and check them out and go, okay, you know, it's a bit different to the style of writing I I'd normally look at, but it's good. Let's give them a try. And we kind I of love that. You have, you have just reiterated the things that I've uh, that I've been talking about, and other writers have been talking about. I'm thinking of Girl on the Net at the uh, 2017 Eroticon when she was like, "You have to pitch, and you have to tell them what you're writing about." So go do it. Now, I'm curious because I know this happens and I know when I think back to my, my personal early writing career, I know I sent some awful, just awful pitches. Um, other than the obvious that you mentioned earlier, spelling errors, are there any um, types of pitches or things that you have seen in pitches that just are immediate sort of, a, I'm not even going to look much further or no, there's no way, or you just kind of wish that writers wouldn't do it anymore. It makes your job harder. Um, I'll tell you one of the, so one of the worst things that I've seen is someone who says, can I write for you? And it's like, yeah, you can. What, what do you want to write about? What, what do you want to do? Yeah. By, by not giving a proper pitch. You know, somebody who approaches us and say, "Do you accept content? Uh, do you do you accept content from you know from other people? Do you have people who write for you?" Yes, we do. Then come back and go. Would I? Would it be possible to to pitch an idea to you? Yes, please go ahead. <laughs> That's the conversation. But then your next one should be, "Here's my idea. Here's my pitch." Um, and it's it's kind of like don't just. It's going to sound a bit bad. Don't expect the business to hand to hand to spoon feed you. You know, think of it in terms of you're helping the business out by taking some of the work away from them. And if it's if it's anybody like us that's a small business, you know, trying to make it work, we're we anybody who's going to take some of the work off of us, we're quite grateful of. So someone who can come up with an idea and pitch that idea at us. And it doesn't have to be this amazing, long list of exactly what you're going to do. It simply can be a matter of a well-written couple of lines, paragraph, that's not full of spelling mistakes. It simply says, you know, I have an idea. Um, I'm not sure if you'd be interested in, in an article on such and such covering this kind of information. Please let me know if this is of interest to you. Now. 
if I get that and I check the person out and I go back to them, I'll look at that and go, you know what, part of this is really interesting, but part of this isn't really quite for our audience. I would go back to them and say that and say, you know what, really love the first part, but I'm not sure our audience is in line with your second part. Would you consider changing it to something like this? And if they come and go, yeah, that'd be great, then fantastic. Do you, let me ask the million dollar question here, because I know that the writers in the audience are thinking, uh, I, ha- I need to know this. Yeah. I know the answer, but I want you to talk about it. Do you pay your writers? Absolutely. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't want to not pay our writers. Um, we can't pay them as much as we would like to. No. Um, but we we do believe that they are doing work and as such they deserve monetary reimbursement for that work. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just as, you know, I create a new toy and sell it to someone, then I expect to be reimbursed for that. So why shouldn't they? they they're doing a job. You know, if somebody wants to offer, I think we have actually, we've had – we have had some people kind of say, oh, I'd love to write for you, and we've gone, okay, well, we pay, you know, I mean, quite openly, you know, we pay £30 um, pounds, per UK yeah. pounds per article for about around a 1,000 words. Um, you know, and as long as people are okay with that, then, yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah, exactly. And this is it. We're, we're, we we want to be completely upfront about it. And if someone goes, oh, I want more than that, it's a case of it's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's but we wouldn't do it after the fact. So it's a case of, you know, if you got if you can't do it for that, that's fine. I don't I don't think any less of anyone for that. No. But unfortunately that's all we've got at the moment. Um but yeah, just just get in there and go for it. But yeah, definitely get paid for it. Yeah. We wouldn't kind of think of asking anybody to write and not pay them for it. It's it's a, it's a decision that was taken right at the very, very beginning when we decided to put content in place was, you know, the writer, it, it's it's their way of making money. They're, it's a job almost. Now, whether they're doing that purely for pleasure, it, it still shouldn't matter. And especially if they're making a pitch to a company. Um, and, you know, I understand that some people will sort of go, okay, well, I'm wanting to get the experience or I'm wanting to get the exposure. Uh, but think carefully on it, especially if it's a writer who's got their own blog. You can get that experience and exposure on your own blog. No, oh, yeah, don't, don't do anything for exposure, for God's sake. <laughs> no, people die of exposure. They do not pay their rent with exposure. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and that's so true. I think, you know, we know what it takes to write an article because we're not writers and we know how we struggle with it. And we've, we have individually written our own, um, whether for our staff or in your case you've written for a trade magazine as well. Um, so we know, we're, we're very much aware that it's, it's not a five-minute job and it does take time and people should be compensated for their time. And to the listeners out there, now you see why I like Andrew and Pixie so much. <laughs> So and and the the nice thing is it's not it's not the predominant attitude out there in the world of sex writing yet. 
Um, but it's growing it more and more companies. And it seems to be starting with smaller companies rather than the big people who should have a bigger budget. Um, but this, the idea is certainly growing more and more people are saying, no, 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 I, I don't work for exposure. You know, my plumber doesn't work for exposure. Neither am I. Um, and so it's, it's important to, to find those companies and to, you know, to, um, to work with the companies that value the work that we do. And I know that there are some people out there who say, Oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't sit down at the laptop for less than X amount of dollars. Well, that's lovely. But I'm in the world of sex writing. The, the, my experience has been that the most supportive companies who will pay for your words don't necessarily have the biggest budget yet. And my, my personal philosophy is if I do my job well, and I write good content that your audience likes, then your business grows. And therefore down the line, because of the relationship we've established, you can then afford to pay me and any other writer more than you currently do. And it's a, I, it's a symbiotic relationship. I think when we first started and we reached, we sort of reached out to a person and sort of said, um, you know, do you write for other people? What What's your charge? And they came back and I think it was 200 US dollars. 200 dollars it was, yeah. 200 US dollars. And we just were like, uh, <laughs> thanks, but no, because there's no way. No way as a startup business could we afford that kind of um, outlay. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that's when we sort of decided, look, what can we afford? And we worked it out that way. Yeah. And we, this is what we can afford. And then we went to some writers that we knew because obviously we'd, we'd met them. And we said, look, we want to do this. We'll pay that. And it was a case of if you want to, go for it. If you don't want to, that's not yeah. a problem. It certainly didn't hold anything against anybody who said, well, no, I, I really I'd want more I money. Don't, I don't get out of bed for less than $100, darling. It doesn't happen. Well, that's, that, and that's fine. <laughs> Um, and but surprisingly, they said yes. <laughs> so I'm going to throw something at you, Kayla. On the flip side, um, so we sit here saying yes, of course, authors should writers should be paid for their work. But are there a lot of people out there writing and giving it away for nothing as well? Uh, absolutely, absolutely, they are. And some people, it's a philosophical thing. They they write because it's their art. Yeah. And so they don't think they're supposed to make money for their art. And, and then I think the, the worst part is, is that there are too many people who don't think they're supposed to get paid. They have been offered exposure so often. They think that's normal. Um, and they, I think they undervalue their own, their own work. And so then companies come to expect that they should get content for free, which, which does none of us any good. I would, much rather take a lower rate than I normally do um, in order to have the relationship, have my work value, get my name out there than to, you know, um, hope that somebody else's um, exposure will somehow magically lead to the end of a rainbow. (laughs) And and I, I somehow, you know, luck into all this money. It just, it just doesn't work that way. And, and it's, it's funny because out in, in what I call the vanilla writing world, anything that's not sex content related, um, these things are are 
a given. The conversations being had by people who talk to people who want to write for a living, it's there's never a question of whether you're going to get paid. The question is always how much are you going to get paid? And so uh, my hope is that in talking to you guys and and other places that do, you know, hire writers and pay them that we can actually start the conversation so that the expectation is never um will I get paid? The expectation becomes how much and is it a, a rate that I'm willing, you know, that works for me? Do you think that because it's it's more sexually orientated writing and not mainstream, that that's what's brought about the, the feeling that um, they do it as an art, writers do it as an art form rather than something to be paid for? Because if, I it, think that might- if it was something like... Um, Oh, a, a piece of writing on the latest kitchen technology, they would expect to be paid for it. And, and I think so. I think a lot of it is that um, not not every person who writes about sex, obviously, but a lot of us start with a personal blog. And because it's usually sort of our personal thoughts and um, our personal views on sex or kink or whatever, that um, we don't we don't see it as a commodity. We don't see it as a product Mm. that would be necessarily of financial value to anybody else. And on your own blog, it, it is very difficult. You can make money through your own blogging, but it is very difficult and it's done in a completely different way. But people get so used to just sort of writing their personal thoughts about sex for their own blog that when the opportunity comes up to write their personal thoughts or their their erotic stories or their sexual fantasies for somebody else, for another site, another company, um, they don't all not, it's not universal, but a lot of people just don't see it as the same kind of writing. And so therefore I don't think that they see that they, they don't realize they don't have the automatic assumption that they should get paid for that. Um, and that that's another part of the conversation that has to change because there are, um, entire publications, their sole purpose is to, um, publish people's personal views on sex. They're either their own experience or their, um, fictional stories that they write or, or however they, they choose to present it. That's not information based. That's not here. Let me teach you how to do this thing. Step one, two, and three. Um, and I, I think it's an, a, a lack of awareness. We we have a, a thriving and vibrant sex blogging community, but it is still very much, this is sort of my personal journey and my personal space. And why would anybody pay me for this? And for some people, they don't, they don't even want to get paid. It, that's not why they're doing it. It doesn't matter to them. And that, um, that's also okay. That's, that's the other side of it, isn't it? That, you know, if somebody is writing just because they enjoy writing. Is it okay? Well, I think it is. I think it comes down to the individual. What does the individual want to do with their writing? So so let's imagine I'm a company out there, and I know that there's writers who will work out there for free. Okay, they, so you're they, only tired at those writers. They do it for the art. And this isn't just sex writing. This happens everywhere. I was listening to a podcast. Uh, it was a horror podcast, actually, and they're going, oh, we've just created this whole new site. If you want to oh, write yeah. for us, <laughs> email us, and we can, you can write on the site. And I'm sitting there thinking, hold on. You're just asking for free content. But the problem you've got as a writer, especially an erotic writer, is there are so many people who will write for free. The company's sitting there thinking, well, why should I pay you? Because if I wait 10 minutes, someone else will come along and they'll that's do it for nothing. No, that is that. But then why should every, every writer who writes in that genre feel that they have to ask for money if they don't really want to? 
And I think that the difference is that it is the onus is on the company. So a writer should not, and I have to do it a lot. So I, I feel like I speak from personal experience. I should not have to ask what the compensation is. What should happen is the company approaches a writer and says, Hey, I love your content. I would love if you wrote for me. I offer compensation at this rate, or um, I offer compensation. What is your rate? And that's what's missing. So if a writer would write for free, that's lovely. I'm technically, every time I sit down to one of my blogs, I am writing for free, you know, and unless I have linked that to somebody paying me for that content. Um, the problem is that the, the, the companies are not, obviously it's not universal. We're sitting here having this conversation and you guys pay, but there are too many companies out there because they know that many writers don't even think to ask about compensation. They either don't even know that it's something that they deserve if they're writing for somebody else, or maybe they don't care and they're happy to give away their, their writing for free. They take those companies take advantage of that. And that is ultimately the problem. The, the way I look at it is I will write for free strategically. So if it is another blogger, that's not necessarily a business yet. Um, and they're just trying to sort of get some more voices on their blog and they're not even making money from their blog yet. I will consider it because I'm, I'm creating, I'm building a relationship. I'm being part of the community. I'm happy to do it. Um, if it's a big site that for whatever reason, I just have decided strategically, I want to get my name out there. I will decide that. But when I'm talking to a company that I that needs my content in order to continue their business, this is part of their marketing strategy. Yeah. Um, I, I have the attitude of, oh, obviously you're going to pay me. What are your rates? I mean, I don't ask it in that, you know, please, sir, may I have some more? I say, okay, what are your rates? What do you offer? And I make it sort of an assumption that they already knew that they were paying me. Um, but other writers don't necessarily know that or think that way yet. And it's, it really is a failing of, of the business side of things on those businesses who I think I sometimes get the impression when I talk to some companies that if I had never brought up compensation, they would never have brought up compensation, you know? So if I had just sort of said, sure, I'd love to write for you and never asked what they were going to pay, they wouldn't have paid me. But the moment I ask, they go, oh, 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 yes, we, we pay here. Here's what we pay. Of course, I never hear from those people again. They're like, I'd love to start a relationship with you. I'd love for you to write for us on a regular basis. And I'm like, great, this is going to be awesome. I'm happy to do this. Yes, I will even take a lower rate because I'm building this relationship with you. And they pay me the one time because I kind of caught them. You know, I, I sort of, I, I made them admit that they were going to pay me. I made it a, a part of the conversation. Um, and then I'm never going to hear from them again. You, you do have, so, you have a very valid point because within the first kind of contact with anybody, when, when I go back to them, I outline what our process is and how much we pay and, and always ask the question, is that okay with you? If you are still interested, please let me know. So that they have the option of going. Well, actually, it's not that I want more money than that. So that's how I tend to open the conversations. Yeah, because you're talking. On- and I think I think I think is a good way for a writer to open a conversation, which is I'd love to write for you. These are and then somewhere very close to the beginning, this is what I expect to get as my rate. But or as Kayla said, should should the writer have to do that, or should it be the business that should be upfront and say this is what our rate? It's it's are? just good business practice. Set set the expectations at the beginning, 
so no one is surprised later on. I agree. I agree on both sides. I think that, yes, it is on the company to do it, but until that becomes the norm, absolutely the writer needs to say, and um, you're paying me how much? <laughs> Here's my rate. I would this love is what I charge. to say every company out there is ethical and mm. treats everybody correctly, but that just isn't the case. I mean, all you've got to do is look at the news to see that. Yeah. You, you look at the news and you see this video of someone who's done something, you know, some of this horrific stuff you've seen. They haven't paid someone for that video. They just lifted it off of Twitter or they've lifted it off of Instagram. And then they're later on, they go, Oh, back to them. yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. We, we didn't know you didn't want to be, you, we didn't know you want, didn't, you were fine giving it to us for free. Oh, I don't know how that happened. And yet in the meantime, they're making money off the back of the fact that they've taken this content for nothing. And, you know, this is the stuff you see on TV all the time. And it's it permeates everywhere. I know plenty of companies whose business model is based solely around getting people to write for nothing. Yeah, and until the writers all sort of realize that that's not how it's supposed to be, <laughs> that you know, and I think part of it is is there is that creative side of of writing where we're just sometimes so happy to have our words and our name shared that we don't take it to the business and we don't think about it in terms of business. We don't think about how is this company benefiting from my content? What are they getting from it? The other thing is, is you as a writer, how are you benefiting from that piece of content? Absolutely. The flip side of that is, uh, you know, a lot of the time a company may want the, uh, the blog post or whatever it is to be, branded under their own and not to have the writer's name on it so to me that that smacks even more that the that the writer should be paid for it because it's not even got their name on it to then allow it to be put back to them absolutely and best practice which is not actually followed but best practice is that if it's what we would call ghost writing, which means my name, I wrote it, but my name's not on it. You get to take credit for it. You actually are supposed to make more money for that to compensate for the fact that you don't get to, your name is not on it and you don't get that little bit of a uh, sort of a resume bump from being able to say, yeah, look, I wrote, I wrote for this outlet. Um, and it's, it, it I, and I agree with Andrew, it's a problem in all forms of business. There are businesses out there run by people that if they can get away with something, they're going to. Um, I just, after having right now, about 50% of my writing career is in the vanilla writing space. I write about real estate and insurance and what I would consider very boring, very dry topics. (laughs) (laughs) And I have never had to fight for money. I've had to negotiate my rates. I've had to have hard, you know, conversations about what money I will accept. But it has never been a question about whether I will get paid. In the sex writing side of things, it is always a conversation about am I getting paid? Like I actually have to worry about it. When somebody approaches me and says, Oh, do you write for companies? Do you write for other sites? And I'm start the conversation and say, Yes. My assumption is, is that if I'm going to get paid at all, I'm probably going to have to fight for it. It's never, I never have the assumption that they know they're supposed to pay me for this and and that this is how it works. And so it's, it's, there's a disparity in the sex writing world. And part of it is because even porn is, you know, unethically free so often of the the time. Now, clearly most of that it's free because it was stolen from somebody else and it was uploaded, you know, all the tube sites and all that stuff, but there's. There's this idea, 
apparently we as a society hold two um, equal but opposing ideas in our head. All sex should be free and yet sex sells. You know, every if you want to sell a product, you add some sex to it. But we don't actually have to buy, pay for that sex that will sell our product. And it and it, it's it's mind boggling. So this is sort of a, a a very small effort to try and have that conversation and raise the awareness and teach writers that they should automatically expect compensation if they choose to work with a, a someplace that doesn't offer it. That needs to be a choice that they are making, not something that they think is the norm and that they have no option but to accept. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And writers need to not be afraid to step forward and have that conversation. It's it's not an easy one. And, and I, I agree. You know, it's it's funny what it what I have found that it's not easy about it is that what do I do when they tell me no? And it's not if they tell me no, it's when they tell me no, they don't pay. So it's very exciting for me to have, like with you guys, the first conversation we had, you know, we're talking about content. I'm like, okay, do you pay? And <laughs> it's, it's a nerve wracking <laughs> <laughs> exactly. nerve- question because we are primed to expect the answer to be no. And then we have to have the internal conversation with ourselves of, well, what do we do now? Yeah. You know, how do I handle this? Yeah. Um, and it is, I always have that feeling of nerves right before if it's not immediately said to me. Um, and then when I find out somebody gets paid I or somebody pays, I immediately sort of relax and I am I'm, I'm immediately friendlier towards that company, even if ultimately I don't work with them or they don't work out or we have personality clashes on other things. The fact that it's like, uh, uh, yeah, of course we pay. Well, then that tells me right there, you already have some level of ethics and that makes everything much easier. Um, and I have had, I have very sweetly had some companies who are apologetic that they, you know, they, like you, they want to pay more. They just can't. And they'll say, I understand if you, if you won't, won't, don't want to write for me or for us or for whatever. And I don't think I've ever turned one of those people down. You know, I might only write for them the one time, you know, it might not be an ongoing thing. It might not be something I can keep doing that it's financially feasible for me for the amount of work being asked for. But, you know, it's, it's, I feel like as writers, we also sometimes need to come down from, oh, I'm, I'm not getting up for less than a hundred dollars um, and come down back to reality a little bit. And let's work with these companies that are trying to pay us. You know, if you're a massive company, and I know you've got worldwide locations, and you are raking in the money, and your whole marketing uh, drive is to tell me how successful you are. No, I'm not taking pennies from you. <laughs> no, no, I want to know what yeah. your budget is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the big companies are the worst. They do oh, expect yeah. it for minimum. Yeah. I mean, uh, the ones I don't, I really don't get are companies that are making money who say, I'd love to pay you, but our policy is we don't. Change it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what the hell is that about? It's, it's a horrible policy. Change it. Exactly. It's a really shitty policy, and I'm so sorry. I will not be writing for you. And, you know, there are, there's, also sort of what I would call wrong-headed thinking out there. And it, it sometimes it's from writers, sometimes it's from companies that when you get writing for free, you don't necessarily get the best quality. That can be true. I have seen that myself. Um, places where they don't pay their writers, they don't always have um, really good quality and they could have better if they would, they would work with a professional and they would pay people. But sometimes they have 
excellent writers. And I just want to go to those writers and shake them and say, do you know what your content is worth? It's worth so much money. Stop giving it away for free. The the flip Um, side of that is, does the company really value the writer? If they get it for free, they're going to treat that writer really badly. And and then the other side is, and I know this to be true for myself, which is why I try I try very hard never to write for free anymore. If I it's it's really rare that I'll do it. It's because I know that if I'm not getting paid, I don't necessarily feel accountable to that that place. I'll take my time. I might I I don't thankfully knock on wood. I've never missed a deadline even for free, but I've certainly skated through at the last minute. And if I know I'm being paid, I. And probably more careful, and I'm certainly more attentive, and I'm I value it more, my own writing more when I know I'm getting paid. Um, and I think that 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 does come through. You know, people talk about oh, these writers, they never you know hit deadlines, they never do this, they never do that. Well, sometimes my question is, well, do they feel valued by you? And if not, why would they work really hard for you? Now, I we can have a whole other conversation on the professionalism of writers and how <laughs> writers need to be professional, but it, it's all part and parcel. You know, it's a it's a value thing. It's a what is my stuff worth? Do I as a writer f- believe that what I'm doing has value and worth? And if I don't believe that, then no, I'm probably not going to behave very, very professionally. But if I do recognize the value and worth of this, this work I'm doing, then I'm going to expect the people I work with to also see its value and worth. And it, it sort of goes around in a circle and it's all yeah big and wibbly wobbly yeah. and complicated. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we went all over the place today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We start one place and we go down this windy path and then we go up a hill and, uh, yeah. <laughs> we went to some good places, though. <laughs> and, and I, you know what? And I think that that kind of stuff is important. I think it's not just enough for the writers to, to understand the intricacies and the value of what we do. It's important to know the companies that, see it as well. And so we can work together. I, I firmly believe that some of the best content that's produced that helps both the writer and the company is one where there's some sort of relationship there. Now, I don't mean a necessarily the I'm coming over for Christmas dinner relationship, but just the ability to be easy with one another and to talk and to communicate and to to share, you know, sort of a view on the world. You know, to be able to communicate and also um, from a company's perspective, to be able to turn around and say, can you change this bit? And, you know, because of A, B or C. And I know that, you know, I have done that on occasion where somebody's written something and I've read it and thought our audience is not going to respond well to that. Mm. And I might have gone back and said, do you think you could reword this in a slightly different way? And there, and it's also that communication with the writer of being, oh, okay, yep, yep, leave that with me, and I'll come back to you. You know, it's it's being open that what you write will be great, but the company knows their audience and they may need some changes. So don't take that as a negative, either. And if you've got that friendly relationship, you can have that you conversation. Could, yeah, if you've got that communication that's a much easier conversation for both parties. Absolutely. And from a writer perspective, it is much easier to take. So as a professional, I need to be able to take criticism. Nobody 
gets it perfectly right in their content the first time out. Um, I actually become very nervous when there aren't changes. I think, oh, oh, I'm sure if you gave me a second, I could edit the hell out of this. And (laughs) we make you nervous all the time, do we? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, but I, I think some some writers get a little precious about their work. They think that, well, that's what I put out there. That's what I mean. I'm not making any changes. And the professional is going to say, thank you for letting me know. Let me make this change. Because the professional is trying to establish the relationship, too. If I make it easy for you to work with me, then you want to work with me again later. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And, and the thing is, you know, yes, your writing is your own. But I think when you're being paid for it, you have to look at it as it's a job. I'm writing this for, on behalf of someone else. So I need to write what they want. And as long as that doesn't go outside what you as a, as a writer are comfortable and willing to do, then I think that's fine. I I agree completely. Absolutely. And I think that this whole conversation just sort of shows that it's not simple black or white, do this one thing, do it this one way. It's it's all about the company you're working with. It's all about your personality as a writer. It's all it's all it's very intricate. And it it starts with it starts with making that pitch. It starts with saying, Hey, I have this idea. Can I write it for you? And then starting that conversation. Yeah. And you know what? If the first if the first company you approach goes, Thanks, but no thanks, don't think that your pitch isn't any good. Just look at it, go back through it, try another company. Because maybe that pitch isn't quite right for that company. Also, don't don't be afraid to pitch. Yeah, don't be afraid to pitch. I mean, I know so many writers off of the stuff oh. we've done with Oticon who there's, there's even one local to here I've chased down because she said she wanted to write for us yeah. and she's never got back to me to actually say, I want to write, this is why I want to write, because she's afraid, even though she's actually met us and yeah. actually talked to us face to face. Yeah, don't, don't be scared about putting an idea out there to a company, especially if it's a company that you know does accept writers and and does pay for the work then absolutely look at it that you know you're helping them out by pitching an idea at them for an article if you really want to make sure you've got a, a good chance read some of the stuff that they've already put out there what's the kind of feeling what's the flavor of the work they're looking for you'll generally get an idea of like on our blog if anybody looks through our blog They'll see a variety of topics, but it is all around sexuality. And they'll see different styles of writing. They'll see we've got lots of different people who write, who work with us to write for us. Um, but it's, it's all got a personal angle to it. So, you know, as part of giving the information, we also want to know what your personal opinion is of, of that topic. Hmm. But also don't be afraid to try. I mean, yeah. Last year's Eroticon, we keep coming back to Eroticon because that's the that's the only time all of this ethereal stuff becomes actually solid when you actually see other people. Yeah. Um, I was I was doing one of the talks with Girl on the Net, and she was talking about pitching, and she said out of the out of this whole room, there's a hundred people in this room. Maybe half of them will think about writing something about this. Maybe half of those will actually come up with something they could write about it maybe half us and she cut it down piece by piece to eventually she said only one person in this room will actually write something about what's happened here today and actually do something with it 
And out of 100 writers in that room, as far as I can tell, the only one who wrote about that thing was me when I pitched it to a magazine. And they said, (laughs) they said, yes, we want to we want a piece on why companies should go to these events and sponsor them. And I'm not even a writer. That's the irony of it. Yeah. And I would say that's the perfect place to end it. Pitch, 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 yep. pitch, keep craft, only send your best stuff. <laughs> if you say, I heard you on Smutlancer, I expect your pitch to be really good. Do you, come on, y'all. I've got an article that tells you how to pitch. I'll link to it in the show yep. notes. So. <laughs> send an email to admin at yep. That comes to us and do do your best pitch. Doesn't even be there you have it. Just do a pitch. Do a pitch. Andrew and Pixie said, so therefore you have to. Mm-hmm. I expect their email to be flooded now. So it's all it's up to you guys. You, you're looking after the, the inbox for the next couple of weeks, aren't you? Looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, definitely. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Don't think about it. Just, you heard them. They're the ones. They pay. They're looking for content. Just do it. We, we're just do the writing. We don't want to violate copyright. Just do the writing. Just do the writing. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrew and Pixie, for for sitting down and having this conversation with me, and for sharing your thoughts, and for hopefully teaching some of my fellow smut lancers um, that what they really need to do is just send in the damn pitch. Yeah. Have faith. Have faith in themselves and and do it. Go for it. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you. Pixie and Andrew are amazing, aren't they? Um, If you can believe it, when I first met them at the 2017 Eroticon, I was actually nervous about talking to them because I'm nervous about talking to new people all the time. Um, But within moments, I was comfortable. And when I went to one of their sessions and made a cane that makes John Brownstone very happy, um, I had an amazing time and a definite friendship was born. So... I definitely recommend checking out their website, kinkcraft.co. It'll be linked in the show notes. And if you want to talk to them online, they're pretty much everywhere as kinkcraft. Um, Twitter, at kinkcraft. uh, Instagram, at kinkcraft. They're very active on Twitter, though. So if you want to, like, sort of have a social media conversation, that's definitely the place to go. Um, Don't be shy with them. They're just like they sound in that interview very no nonsense and straightforward, but also kind and just good people. And I'm so glad that they are friends of mine. Um, Even if I never write another thing for them, I'm grateful for that. So thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords, and this week with Andrew and Pixie from Kinkcraft. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow The Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at the Smutlancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email to Kayla at the Smutlancer.com with any questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening and let's do this again next week. <laughs>